This is Breaking Free from the Grind. I'm your host, certified life coach, Columbia MBA, and former Fortune 500 strategy consultant and Wall Street investment banker, Amelia Noel. After spending over a decade caught in the grind of finance and consulting, I'm here to help you break free from the mental grind of your career and develop the mindset you need to feel better at work and figure out what you want so you can create a life you fucking love. You ready? Let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Free from the Grind, How to Overcome Imposter Syndrome in Your Career. Today's episode is part two of a three-part series of episodes I'm putting together on imposter syndrome since it is one of the most common things that I coach on with my clients so that we can all start feeling better and more confident and more in control at work today and in our careers today. Last week's episode, episode 20, was part one, what imposter syndrome is and how it differs from run-of-the-mill self-doubt. And this week, in part two, we're going to be focusing on five common imposter syndrome myths that society and the business world, finance, consulting, corporate perpetuates, and how we actually make ourselves feel worse by believing these myths. We're also going to explore the real truth here behind what's going on so that when you understand what's actually happening and what actually is true and that you're not alone in experiencing imposter syndrome at your job, you will start to feel better because you're armed with the correct knowledge that you need. Then next week, next Friday, in part three, I'm going to discuss and share many of the exact same tools and strategies I use with my one-on-one clients to manage their brains and how they're thinking when they're put in new or pressure-filled or bigger situations at work in their careers and introduce those tools and strategies so that you can start using them and start ditching imposter syndrome and feel more confident in your own career right away. So let's dive right in and talk about five common imposter syndrome myths. The first myth that I want to talk about today is this idea that everyone else has their shit together, meaning I am the only person on my team, I am the only person in my analyst class or my associate class, I am the only person on this deal or project who is feeling like a fraud and who is feeling like I don't belong, like I'm just lucky, they're going to find out that I don't belong here and I'm not smart enough, everyone in the room, on the team, on the deal is 10 times smarter than me. So myth one, everyone else has their shit together. This is absolutely not true. Imposter syndrome, I like to describe it as the corporate pandemic that no one is talking about. There's an incredible book by Claire Joza, is how I believe she pronounces her last name. I'll link it in the show notes. It's called Ditching Imposter Syndrome. It's an amazing book. And Claire, what Claire did is she led this landmark study in 2019 on imposter syndrome. And what she found is that 70% of both men and women regularly report experiencing imposter syndrome at work. Now, this is from 2019, so fairly recent. And in that study, what was so interesting and so fascinating is she talks about how it was so difficult 
actually getting data from companies because management was very hesitant to distribute this survey to their employees. They were concerned about how high (laughs) and how the numbers would be and how prevalent imposter syndrome would be among their employees and among their workforces. So they wanted to take more of an ignorance is bliss type of approach. She actually did conduct the study though, obviously, and 70% of both men and women reported regularly experiencing imposter syndrome. So what does this mean? What's the truth here? The truth here is that you are not alone if you are feeling feelings of worthlessness, fraudulence, extreme self-doubt in your career. This means that seven out of 10 people on the Zoom call, in the Slack channel, or CC'd on the email thread you just sent feel like a fraud regularly in their career. And the problem with believing this myth that everyone else has their shit together because no one's talking about imposter syndrome, no one's talking about how they feel incapable or unqualified or not good enough to do the job that they're doing, when no one talks about it at work, we automatically start making the false assumption that we're the only one who is not feeling good enough, which just makes us feel more deficient and more worthless and more fraudulent and more like we don't belong. Myth one, everyone else has their shit together. Absolutely not true. Imposter syndrome truly is the corporate pandemic that no one is talking about. The second myth, and this is one of my favorites, is that women experience imposter syndrome more than men. You hear this narrative a lot in society, in the business world, And I think this is such an incredibly pernicious myth for both genders, for both men and women. I coach both men and women, and I hear the same thoughts from both sides. I'm not good enough. Everyone in the room is 100 times smarter than me. What actually happens, it's not that women experience thoughts like that internally any more frequently than men do, what happens is the way that imposter syndrome presents externally tends to differ between men and women. So both men and women are having these same thoughts when they're encountering new situations in work. But because we can't see what's going on in our coworkers or our colleagues' heads, we just look at how they're acting, how they're presenting in the team meeting, how they're presenting in front of the clients, how they're presenting to upper management. And we make assumptions about the genders and who experiences imposter syndrome more. For men, it's more common for them to feel feelings of worthlessness or shame or fraudulence or extreme self-doubt caused by the way they're thinking about themselves and immediately shift their brain, and their body into fight mode. So men will often start talking louder in the meetings. They'll start grinding more to prove their worth. They'll physically take up more space when they're thinking things like, I don't belong, I'm not good enough, everyone in the room is 10 times smarter than me. Whereas women, 
our brains, it's more common to shift into a flight mode. So we get physically smaller. We don't volunteer for new opportunities. We don't raise our hands to speak up in client meetings. We don't offer our opinions. We stay silent. And again, because those around us and the larger society around us doesn't hear the soundtrack, hear the same thoughts going on in both men and women's heads, we make this faulty assumption that women experience imposter syndrome more than men because externally they're speaking up less, they're more quiet, you know, we're not quote unquote taking charge of situations like men might be, even though we're thinking the same things about ourselves and feeling the exact same way. Now, this is a problem, actually, this myth that women experience imposter syndrome more than men. It's a problem for both genders. Everyone is suffering, both men and women are suffering in their own ways. The problem for men is when they are experiencing imposter syndrome and then they're thinking about this belief, this myth that women experience imposter syndrome more than men, they use that as evidence to support the fact that they're not supposed to feel self-doubt. They're not supposed to feel feelings of worthlessness or fraudulence. And so they use it as evidence to to support this idea that there is something inherently wrong with them. Like I must be incredibly unconfident and incredibly unqualified if I'm a man and I'm not supposed to be experiencing imposter syndrome. And then for women, the danger in believing this myth that women experience imposter syndrome more than men is that we take that piece of evidence and make it mean that there's clearly something just inherently, naturally, biologically wrong with us, or that we're just born less confident than our male colleagues. In either situation, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, you're taking this myth that women experience imposter syndrome more than men, and you're making it mean something about yourself. You're just adding more doubt and layering more self-doubt about your worthiness, about your inherent capability to do whatever you decide you are capable of doing. And so no one wins. The third myth, I hear this a lot from clients, especially before they start coaching with me, is that once I'm truly successful, I will feel better. So once I you know, get further along in my career, my feelings of imposter syndrome will go away. I'll hit my stride. I'll feel confident. I'll know my way around my industry, whatever it is. The people in your company who have the best background, the best education, the best pedigree, the best previous work experience often are all those people that are the most outwardly successful by external standards. They have the resume, they have the degrees, they have the background, are often suffering from feelings of fraudulence and worthlessness the most. So think of the person in your company who has closed the largest deals or the person in your firm who brings in the most revenue and has the biggest client book, they are likely experiencing imposter syndrome the most. And if ignored, if you take this approach of, oh, you know, I'll just ignore this, it'll get better, I don't have to actively coach myself or actively manage my brain, imposter syndrome will just go away. If it's ignored, imposter syndrome actually gets 
and feels worse over time. This is a problem because if you're experiencing and if you're having underlying thoughts like, I don't belong here, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, if those thoughts are already playing on repeat in your head and you're in the earlier stages of your career, the volume on those thoughts is only going to get louder when you're put in what your brain perceives to be an even higher stake situation, such as a new role after a promotion or a project or a deal type that you've never done before. So that is why it is so important. And I tell this to all my clients before we start working together is this is why it's important to do the inner work today as early as you can. It's never too late, but start today doing the work to understand how to manage imposter syndrome so that it will actually get better over time. It's it's interesting to think, and it can be sometimes helpful to think, that your CEO, people in your C-suite, your boss, they all wake up and wonder if they're good enough too. And again, if it's not something that they're working on, if it's not something you're working on, the pressure and the self-doubt and the feelings of fraudulence will only get worse. The fourth myth, this is one that really hurt me, I would say, a lot early in my career in my 20s. This fourth myth is I just need to fake it until I make it or believe I'm great today. You know, buy into some bullshit, positive affirmations, and just fake it until I make it. You know, I feel like a complete fraud, but everyone's telling me, oh, just got to fake it. Just go for it. Just fake it. There are lots of problems with with both of these ideas. This idea that if you're feeling like a fraud, you should just fake it until you make it. And also this idea of buying into generic positive affirmations, telling yourself every day, you're great, I'm capable, I'm wonderful, all of the things. They're actually positive affirmations that are generic and that your brain doesn't believe. And then this idea of doubling down on faking it are really the worst things that you can do for yourself. You're only going to make yourself feel worse. And when you are doubling down on, say, faking it, for example, or you're telling yourself something like, I'm wonderful, I'm great, I'm enough, I'm capable, but you don't actually believe that, you actually create what's called the backfire effect, meaning your brain doubles down on its existing belief that you're not good enough, that you don't belong, that you did really just get lucky having the position or having the seat that you do. And it has nothing to do with the hard work or the skills or the talents that you have. Every time you say, I'm enough, and you try to force this generic positive affirmation, I'm enough, when you're not believing that you're good enough, your brain will whisper back, but I know I don't believe this. It's that doubt in the pit of your stomach that you know you're saying something, you know you're trying to force a belief that deep down you know is not true. Your brain is not buying it. And so what ends up happening is every time you force this idea, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, and your brain is whispering, but I know I don't believe this, but I know I don't believe this, but I know I don't believe this, what ends up happening is that you just end up frequently reminding yourself of how much you don't believe that you're good enough or how much you don't believe that you belong. The key here is to start making small shifts away from I'm not good enough 
or things like thoughts like, I just got lucky, make small shifts away from those statements, not giant leaps into, I am good enough, or I'm not lucky at all. This is 100% merit. I did all this. It's all me. Some thoughts I offer to clients to start practicing thinking and writing out and journaling about when they're when we first start working together and they are truly believing that they are not good enough, that they don't belong, that they just got lucky getting the role or the seat that they have. Start small, make small shifts. I might be good enough. How is that true? There are some things at which I do feel good enough. Think about how that's true. Another great shift or thought you can start practicing and thinking is I don't have to know everything to still be intelligent, capable of figuring it out, and successful. And for a lot of us that truly believe that whatever we have in our careers or even in life is by sheer luck and we didn't have anything to do with it, a shift I like to offer is maybe I am lucky, but I did take some actions that helped me get here. So self-talk And mindset shifts are not one size fits all. You have to make small shifts and talk to yourself in a new way that is believable to your brain. So it might not be believable to go from thinking I'm not good enough to thinking I am good enough, I am good enough, I am good enough. But a great shift in between that your brain might be able to get on board with and that you might be able to get on board with is I might be good enough. And that's the thought that you start practicing until it feels incredibly and deeply true. In terms of faking it until you make it, you don't want to be faking anything or telling yourself you're faking anything when you're dealing with imposter syndrome in your career. Because, and I believe we talked about this in last episode, telling someone, telling yourself to fake something when you're already feeling like a fake and like a fraud is the absolute worst thing you can do because it's simply layering on feelings of fraudulence on top of existing inherent feelings of fraudulence. So we don't want to fake it to make it. Some things I like to offer to clients are shifts and new thoughts like instead of fake it until you make it, you can say something to yourself like, I am learning how to get good at this job. I am learning how to feel like I belong at work. I know I am capable of figuring this out over time. Those are the thoughts that you want to start telling to yourself, that you want to start practicing, that you want to start writing down every day before you fire up your monitors to ground yourself in those new beliefs that make you feel better about yourself and calm the self-doubt. The last myth, (laughs) super to the point, I'm fucked. I have imposter syndrome. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I belong. I'm just lucky and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm completely fucked. Now, this is absolutely not true. The truth is that you can ditch imposter syndrome for good. Once you learn how to love your brain and manage your mindset, you can overcome the thoughts that are causing the feelings of fraudulence and self-doubt and worthlessness. Essentially, what you are working to do when you're managing your brain is to turn down the volume on the doubts that you're having to the point of where, yeah, they might always be there lingering in the background. You can recognize them, you're aware of them, 
but they're not all consuming and your brain is not making it a problem. You're not fixating on them. They're not holding you back. You hear them, you acknowledge them, you let yourself know it's okay, you set those thoughts aside, and you focus on taking action in your career anyway. Imposter syndrome is also very contextual, and I share this, I like to share this and talk about it in this way to really show you that if you're experiencing imposter syndrome at work, it's not an inherent condition you have. (laughs) We all experience imposter syndrome. If you're experiencing it in your career, it means that you're a human being with a functioning brain. So congratulations on that. And you can prove this to yourself that it's not something inherently wrong with you because imposter syndrome is contextual. For example, yes, you might be thinking, I don't belong here. When you're starting day one of orientation week at your new firm, but you don't have the thought, I don't belong here when you're going out with your friends for brunch on a Sunday. Imposter syndrome is completely contextual. And so ditching imposter syndrome is all about managing that internal soundtrack and making small shifts away from thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I don't belong here, when you're in situations such as new work situations that trigger those thoughts. Another thing I like to suggest to clients um, to really show them that imposter syndrome, it's not who they are, it's not a condition, it's not a disease that we're born with or that we have, is really focus on starting to say, and notice in moments when you're feeling like a fraud or you're feeling worthless, I am experiencing imposter syndrome, not I have imposter syndrome. Just to separate yourself and who you are as a human from the thoughts like I'm not good enough, I don't belong, everyone in the room is 10 times smarter than me that are actually creating the self-doubt that you're feeling in that moment. Experiencing imposter syndrome, not having imposter syndrome. You inherently are a perfect and completely worthy human being who has unlimited potential. And that fact is true even in the moments when you are experiencing imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So just to recap, five myths (laughs) that we debunked today about imposter syndrome. The first myth, everyone else has their shit together. That is not true. You are not alone. 70% of people report regularly experiencing imposter syndrome. So there are seven people out of 10 people on the Zoom right now who are feeling like a fraud. Myth two, women experience imposter syndrome more than men. The truth is we each are suffering in our own ways. It's just our reaction to feeling like a fraud or to feeling like we're not good enough is different. The external reaction is different. Men tend to go into fight mode. Women tend to go into flight mode. Myth three, once I'm truly successful and later on and higher up in my career, I'll feel better. The truth is you need to learn how to ditch and manage imposter syndrome today. Your CEO, your boss, they all wake up and wonder if they're good enough too. And the pressure only feels worse as you enter higher stakes, bigger situations at work. Myth four, I just need to fake it until I make it or believe that I'm great today. I'm enough. Everything's going to be okay. The truth is that you can't outsmart your brain. So if you're believing that you're not good enough or you don't belong, talk to yourself and make small, small, small shifts that sound believable to you. Self-talk, mindset shifts are not one size fits all. And lastly, this final myth, myth number five, I'm fucked. Imposter syndrome is contextual. 
It is separate from who you are as a human. And once you learn how to love your brain and manage your mindset, you can ditch imposter syndrome for good. All right, there you have it. The five imposter syndrome myths busted. My goal in sharing those with you today and really discussing what's actually going on when you are experiencing imposter syndrome is so that you can understand the truth of what's happening when you're feeling like a fraud in your career. And so you can start choosing instead to believe in your unlimited potential and your ability to figure things out and be successful, even when you're having thoughts and doubts like, why me? I'm not good enough. I don't belong. Everyone on this team is 10 times smarter than me, which is completely normal and should be expected when you're encountering new, higher stakes, pressure-filled, bigger situations at work in your career. All right, be sure to tune in next week for the final part in this three-part series on how to overcome imposter syndrome in your career, where I'll be sharing the exact same tools and strategies I use with my one-on-one clients to overcome imposter syndrome. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to Breaking Free from the Grind on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you have all the latest episodes downloaded right to your phone as they drop Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern. And a small, small favor to ask, If you haven't already, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave Breaking Free from the Grind a five-star review. It literally takes less than a minute. Type it into your phone right now. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Shout out what you love. Give Breaking Free from the Grind a five-star rating so that the Breaking Free from the Grind tribe can continue to grow and help more people working in finance and consulting and business-related fields break free from the mental and emotional grind of work and their careers and create lives that they fucking love. So thank you all so much for listening today. I can't wait to catch you guys next week and we'll see you next Friday.